Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We have watched over the past few days a very high stakes tit for tat here with the U.S. military and Iran-backed militia groups. And an Iran-backed militia group just today claimed responsibility for a drone strike against a base in eastern Syria. Now, that base is used by U.S. troops, and it killed six American-allied Kurdish fighters. Um, Things seem to be escalating, but to give us insight on what exactly is going on and what we might expect is the director of the Defense and Security Program at the Middle Eastern Institute, Bilal Saab. Bilal, it's good to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. Good to be with you again. Well, as we see this back and forth, it's a little bit like what happened back when Trump uh, retaliated by going after Soleimani, and then we saw a back and forth for a bit and things died down. Is this similar? Is this different? What are we looking at right now? Well, in some ways it's similar, but it's also different. Let me explain. It's similar in the sense that this is a long conflict, obviously. The regional uh, security threat that Iran poses is uh, has been with us for the past few decades. Uh, it ebbs and flows, um, depending on, uh, you know, uh, the appetite of the Iranians to continue to spread their influence across the region. Um, the, um, the thing that's different about it this time around is that it challenges for the first time in, I believe, four decades or so since the late 1980s. A core and enduring U.S. interest in the Middle East, which is the freedom uh, of navigation and the free flow of commerce. you got to remember that this has been the one thing that has guided U.S. Middle East policy since Jimmy Carter, right? So for the first time since then, the Houthi attacks at sea have challenged that interest. And so this is the first time we have had to deal with something like this. So it's a it's sort of a new thing in that respect. Is it a more volatile, more dangerous situation than in the past? Yeah, it's especially volatile because uh, for the first time again, you are seeing all of these members of the Iran axis, if you want to call it Iran threat network being activated across the region. We used to talk about it in theory in the past, uh, sort of in a hypothetical scenario. And now you're seeing it uh, across the region in Iraq, in Syria, in Yemen, and of course the Palestinian territories with Hamas and the October 7 attack. And not to forget, of course, the juggernaut of the Iranians in Lebanon, that's uh, Hezbollah. So we're dealing with a multifaceted problem that has metastasized over many years, in large part, I hate to say it, uh, because of U.S. negligence. Well... Can you explain what do you mean by U.S. negligence? I know there's a lot of disagreement regarding the U.S. and its relationship with Iran, whether that's the JCPOA being in it, uh, having Donald Trump pulling out of it, joining it again. Where, what do you mean by the negligence? 
Well, for a good reason, for many years, we have prioritized, uh, as I think you mentioned it, the Iranian nuclear issue. There's the one thing that we should obviously not tolerate, which is the Iranians being in possession of a nuclear weapon. So that's understandable. But at the same time, we have totally, okay, I'm not going to say totally. We have, to a large extent, um, ignored, underemphasized the other nuclear problem, which is uh, this regional axis and these uh, proxies that have proliferated across the region, which have allowed the Iranians in many ways to um, spread their nefarious influence and um, enable all of these attacks that we're seeing today. We have hardly ever been serious about strategically addressing this problem. Our partners in the region have begged us to look into this. We have not, and this is now where we are. That's what I mean by negligence. Yeah, last week it was said by, I believe, U.S. intelligence that um, their belief was Iran was actually sort of concerned by the actions of their proxies taking it a little bit too far than what they thought was going to happen, and therefore um, the retaliation being worse or the escalation happening. Is there truth to that? I love my colleagues in the intelligence community. I brief them every now and then, uh, not to name names. Uh, I think this assessment is absolutely bogus. Uh, The Iranians do not provide generous, continuous military assistance to these uh, proxies and then worry about how they're going to use them. These attacks are entirely consistent with Iranian strategic designs. If the Iranians wanted to de-escalate, all they would have to do is stop these weapons systems and, of course, leverage those networks that they have to have an honest, serious conversation about uh, managing that violence. But they are doing the complete opposite. I don't know where that assessment is coming from. Now, there might be differences amongst proxies, some a little bit more, you know, uh, amenable to Iranian preferences and so on and so forth. But those differences are minimal. I do not really see any actor that is working independently and against Iranian preferences. That's ridiculous. Right now, this conflict, the back and forth, um, including the militia group strike in eastern Syria, and then the U.S.'s strike in Iraq, and then the the militia groups again, their strike in Jordan. Is this all the same Iran-backed militia group, the Islamic resistance? Yeah, I mean, it's an umbrella organization. Obviously, it's got multiple you know parts to it, but this is really a secondary question. I mean, I think we over-litigate um, who exactly pulled the trigger and who exactly did this or that. It doesn't matter. It's all really part of the same network that is sponsored by the Iranians in many ways in close coordination with the Iranians. And that's what we should be focusing our strategic communications on, to seize and desist. This is not really a legal, purely legal matter in terms of who perpetrated these attacks. We know who's behind them. We know what the return address is. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.